to meet you for one uh and thanks for reaching yeah, out man. yeah man i couldn't even remember how we got i got this one it was literally just me going like hey can i do that <laughs> uh but yeah, I, I appreciate did... you having me because i got yeah. shot down a couple times too oh yeah yeah it's all good though yeah. uh well uh i'm like this this album is really sick i'm enjoyed listening back to it so i'm stoked yeah, to, to talk about it and everything and uh also, I did uh, listen to a couple episodes of your podcast too. I, I usually oh, cool. try not to do that, but uh, just like, but I, I mean, you had Tyler from Stars Hollow. I had known Tyler for like ten years, and I had to listen to that. Oh, one, so. really? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, he's a cool dude. That was the first time I talked to him. Yeah, he's like one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. So. Yeah, yeah, he's really, really good guy. Uh. Yeah, I just have like a list of questions to kind of guide us. It is open forum. If there's anything I don't bring up and you want to bring up, feel free to, to chime in. Uh, yeah. And, um, the last half, we kind of just tell stories from uh, your time in music. But for the yeah. most part, it's it's super chill, you know, just talking about your music, your band, and everything else going on. Yeah, that's, that's the way I like it. I haven't done too many of these, but like there's, you know, you can tell sometimes where it's just like very like they're not they don't really care what you have to say they're just like trying to get through it right and it's just like why do you do a podcast (laughs) (laughs) you know like i guess i get it like i I have days where i do my show i'm just like oh my god but i'll usually cancel honestly i'll reschedule if i'm feeling like that yeah because it's the worst dude and bands are usually really excited to come do it like if I'm not excited I feel like a dick yeah no I totally get that take my hand give it back trade for a dragon paper bag breathing fast thinking back everything you should should not accept why don't you go on inside no up everyone welcome back to another episode of beers with bands uh tonight i'm sitting down with brian from in a daydream how's it going good dude just hanging out it's been a long week man yeah (laughs) Yeah. um for people that don't know uh you or in a daydream uh i would say you guys are like a emo rock alternative i feel like there was you used a good term on your band camp and i can't remember what it was like emo art rock or something yeah uh and you guys are based out of like the detroit area but not detroit right yeah it's like 10 we're like 10 minutes from detroit okay yeah close enough where you could be detroit but close enough where you also don't want to be detroit 
I mean, I honestly, Detroit's not that bad. Like, where we usually go and play, we play the most in Detroit right now. Or, like, the, the surrounding area. I go to Detroit all the time to, like, just go get coffee or work or whatever. It's it's better than where I live. Yeah. And it's, like, there's definitely, like, where are you from? Uh, so, I'm from Iowa, but I live in Minneapolis. Oh, Minneapolis. Okay, I was central time, so I was just thinking, like, I'm oh, sorry, my cat's, like, freaking out. But, yeah, uh, I've never been to Minnesota. But, yeah, it's, like, I don't know, Detroit, like, it's it's got a reputation, I guess. I think it's starting to go away, but, like, and it doesn't even bother me that it's, like, the butt of the joke all the time, but I just, like, hear people making jokes. So, like, if you, like, watch TV and, like, our comedians, whatever, like, they, like, make a joke about Detroit, it's, like, I mean, I get it. It doesn't bother me, but it's, like, also, like, it's not really that bad anymore. Right. You know? It's just, like, a city that, I mean, it's just a – it feels like a nice small city and then you go out on the outskirts it's technically still detroit and it's shitty you know mm. well yeah because like a lot of detroit just from like stuff i've seen is like it's really just rebuilding after like a shitty 90s basically yeah longer than that though <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah but yeah basically it was pretty bad in the 90s when i was a kid and it's uh i think it all started in like the 70s I don't even fucking know, to be honest. I know it used to be the absolute shit, though. Like yeah. 50s and stuff? 20s? Detroit was popping off in the 20s, dude. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's kind of get into In a Daydream, because, um, I mean, me specifically for my episodes, I really like to know, like, the backstory and get the full story for a band. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, how did you guys, because it's a four-piece um, how did you guys form? And I guess we should also give a shout out to the members that aren't here tonight and who they are and what they do. Yeah, so Poppy Marava is the drummer. Uh, Jake Reese plays guitar and synth. And then Adrian Clark plays bass. Um, the history of In a Daydream, wow. Uh, it, it goes way back. Like when I was like in, I was in like eighth or ninth grade, I met my friend Brad. And he, who plays drums, and we like started playing instruments around the same time, and we would uh, we started off just jamming all the time in his basement, and we would play like Fall Out Boy, Senses Fail, like just different like My Chemical Romance, just like different covers. Mm-hmm. And then we started around like ninth or tenth grade, we started writing originals, and like we came up with uh, In a Daydream as our band name. Uh, I was like just reading a bunch of lyrics of songs I liked and I came across the circus survive song and there's a lyric in a daydream is like in the song. And so I just, I said, I like that. I really like that a lot. Cause I think about like, whenever I think about how much I love music and how it's really all I want to do, it's like, I'll, I'll just be, you know, in my normal life, but daydreaming about what I want to be doing which is music and so naming my band after that feeling or that thing that i'm constantly doing about music it's like a meta sort of thing mm-hmm. for me um but yeah so uh, we jammed for a long time went to college together never really were able to like we wrote an entire album's worth of music and i still think it's really good but we could never really find people who wanted to like learn the songs and when we were in college like we went to u of m and like there's like a 
big music scene there, but I just wasn't aware of it. And so never really got it off the ground. And so a, a few years ago, I was just like living in Ann Arbor, just not really doing anything in music. I mean, playing guitar and stuff. And I knew that I was, you know, talented. Like I knew that I, like I could do it if I wanted to, but like, I just didn't know how, but I just looked on Craigslist and I found this band that I don't talk to any of them now, but I joined this other band where we were called great Neptune. And I started playing house shows and I met, some people in the local scene that way by because we had house shows at our practice space and so like we were doing that for a while and uh i met people i figured out that there was a whole diy music scene and then i figured like all right cool i need to like make connections but i hate going to shows and like trying to be like hi you know i, I don't like i mean i like going to shows but i don't like going to network you know, right. I like going and watching and peacing out, but it's like made my podcast as a means of making connections in the music world. So like I, people um, would just come to me and I'll make a bunch of connections that way. That was kind of the, the hypothesis, you know, and it ended up working uh, really well. So like, and during around that time, around the same time I formed the podcast, I was writing the record that I'm putting out in December. So this was a few years ago. I started the writing process and it was just me and a drummer who wrote it. Uh, then I had a whole record and the drummer quit. And so I ended up finding another drummer who went in and recorded the drums for me and played a few shows with me as a two piece. But I basically recorded the whole thing myself. Um, we got the drums done and I recorded literally everything else. Um, I didn't record it myself. Like I had an engineer and um, a couple different sound engineers and stuff. They would mix it and recorded it. But I, you know, I kind of like produced it in terms of the arrangements and, and everything and finished the record. Um, and I mean, it wasn't like mastered finished, but it was like mm -hmm. being mixed. I had rough, I had demos. I had like early mixes. And I just started showing it to friends, like everyone I listed at the beginning, they were all people that I interviewed their bands on the podcast. And so I just started like showing it to different people and just trying to recruit members um, based on the record that I had. I'm like, hey, I have this record. Do you want to be in this band? You know, and that I found those guys. And that's kind of where we're at now. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy that I mean, to think that this record is that many years in the making and it's so close to finally being out i mean at the time of this recording it's not out yet but when it when this is episodes out it's already gonna be out like it's gotta feel so amazing to be like so close to that finish line right now right yeah it dude it definitely does feel pretty good it's like it's hard to fathom like it, it the vast majority of this process has felt like it's never fucking happening you know like it, it it's so it's it's felt like oh my god it's gonna be forever but well there's it, it just feels like there's so much that needs to be done in terms of like just just the like scheduling and like oh it's just it's overwhelming but yeah it's like two weeks from yeah. today i think it'll yeah be out. two weeks well, it's crazy i'm so stoked for you uh like i like i was saying before we started uh, the episode but like i really dig this whole album like it it draws you in and it hooks you in 
in just like the perfect way. So I'm stoked that oh, it's thanks. finally out. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty excited. I think it's really good. <laughs> I mean, you know, not to sound like a dick, but like, I just think it's really good. I, I I mean, I hope so. I spent two years recording 25 minutes of music. I hope it's good. Right. You know? So, uh, I'm glad you like it, though. Yeah. Uh, for, for people that aren't aware, the, the name of the, the record is called This Side of Purgatory. Um, like, does that name, like, what's the significance behind that name in general? Yeah, uh, so I, I I like to use a lot of literary references and stuff. Um, the I was reading at the time, uh, well, I've read it before, but I was reading it again, uh, This Side of Paradise by F. Scott Fitzgerald, okay. which was his first novel. Um, and there were, like, I just really relate. It's like a coming-of-age story about, like, this egotistical, intelligent, guy who like goes to princeton and is like struggling to find himself and is really egotistical and but like also like a hopeless romantic and is just like struggling to become like a man and figure out who he is in spite of his ego in spite of his own preconceived notions for what he should be and things like that and i don't know i've i've loved that book um because i i read it for the first time when i was in college and so i just thought you know this side of purgatory is like a nod to the title of that book but changing it from paradise to purgatory because the book i mean the record is more about me going through my 20s coping with a major death like the death of my best friend and being in that coming of age period of life and kind of having similar experiences to those that are kind of described in the book, but also it feels less like a paradise of like this Ivy league school, but more like this, like purgatory of like, you are, you know, this major loss and all the destructive things I would do to try and cope with it and trying to learn how to forgive myself at a, at a time when like, I didn't even know who I was or what I wanted to be or any of that. So it's really just kind of about that time and there's those obvious like parallels to the book there too okay uh yeah i mean not knowing that backstory before you know listening to the the album uh like you do get hints of like some i mean darkness in there um yeah that really shine but i mean it's a it's when i had a train of thought and i just kind of lost it but uh yeah you you see those <laughs> kind of shine through but i mean like to be able to put it all out in this order like to to kind of get that out of your system works really well i mean um at the time of this recording two singles have been out so far granted one just came yeah. out today um but the yeah. the the first one that came out was the romantic egotist um mm -hmm. which i thought was such a good single to start with to, to yeah. kind of put out because it it shows there's a lot of variations in that song that just really shows the whole dynamic of what you're capable of. And I just yeah. got to admit like that twanginess at the beginning and end of that, that song, get me. And that's what hooks you in. Uh, yeah. Like what kind of feedback have you been hearing about that song in general? Uh, all positive. <laughs> <laughs> like 
to be honest, like it's been a dream, dude. It's been really a fun experience. Like, uh, like we we hired a PR agent who got us a Brooklyn Vegan article about it. From that though, we got a stereo gum feature, and I was like, "What the fuck, dude?" Like it was, and stereo gum like you know a lot of times you see these features and it's like not i don't know i'm not saying this specifically about stereo i'm saying all these like music blogs it's not well written it's it's just kind of like whatever the artist put in the press kit it's just copy and pasted oh yeah but their editor actually wrote something about it you know he actually like wrote and compared it to like i remind me i read this a million times i'm not even pretend i don't know what he says he said like it's like a more theatrical and explosive take on uh this ultra poppy emo advanced by the likes of like Oso oh Oso, oh and i i saw that i was just like losing my mind i was like <laughs> i can't believe this is my life like this is the first song i ever released um i mean it's all downhill from here i guess no but uh <laughs> but no dude it's been great i mean people have loved it people uh have just been really nice about it and it's really validating because i felt really strongly about the, these songs for you know years yeah and i've just been that feeling of like i have something i just need it to be out and it's just like it sucks waiting and now that it's finally out i can just be like oh my god at least even if it doesn't take off like i did it you know like i did my part and now the universe can just take it you know right no, I, I mean, I love that song. It's a great one to come out with. Um, I mean, it it's like my top contender for, like, number one song for me personally off this record. Uh, but yeah. it's mainly because, like, that twanginess gets you hooked. And then, like, when you do that whole change in the middle, like, it just yeah brings it. Oh, my God, dude. Like, top, top <laughs> notch. Like, I can't say it enough. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I was really, uh, really excited for people to hear that yeah that little guitar solo and at the tempo change <laughs> i'm like oh this is sick dude i mean like i i i think i listen to the music all the time like there's a taboo about like listening to your own songs but i'm like dude if you can't listen to your own songs like you need to make better songs right you know that's what i feel like anyways i love the music i, I make the music that i want to hear you know that's what i that's why i look at it you know yeah i mean that's why like everyone i feel like should be in some sort of way like yeah like you can be like a lot of the a lot of people i know they all play pop punk there's nothing wrong with that but is that really what you want to play at this time in your life like right give give me some angst give me some feeling in there give me give me your real emotions yeah yeah no I, i like to think that like i can do whatever i want and and through the lens of like an emo upbringing you know what I mean? There's always mm-hmm. going to be like that. And also my voice limits like what it's going to sound like. I, I don't have like a beautiful voice. I have like a good emo kid voice. You know, like I can hit notes. I got a little falsetto there, but like no matter what I do, it's always going to get labeled as like indie or emo, no matter right. what, you know? So there's that limitation. But like our next record that we're writing now, I'm more excited about that. Really. Like, yeah, we're putting this out, but I'm like on to the next thing because I'm more excited about it. You know? Sweet yeah um so i i mean i would be uh, remiss not to talk about uh the single you guys put out today 
uh, Narcissus mm-hmm. Off Duty, um, which again is another solid jam uh, to follow up. What made you choose to go in like this specific route with releasing uh, the Romantic Egotist and then this one second? Um, I think a, a lot of different things. Like I, I thought that Romantic Egotist was the most obvious single. If I had to pick one single on the record to be just the mascot for the album, it would be that one. Just because I think it's the the song that most people will like. It mm-hmm. casts the widest net, I think, because it is poppier, touchier. Um, and so I went with that one first, just to you know, kind of make people think we're one that thing. Like if like I'm like, all right, a lot of people. This is the first time I've ever heard us. They're going to think that whatever they hear the first time, they're going to think that's what we are. And so I'm like, I want them to think that we're this. And then when they hear Narcissus off duty, I want them to completely have no idea what we are. You know what I mean? Like, and and then when they hear the record, they hear everything front to back, hopefully. And then I want them to be like blown away by like everything that we can do. You know, I, I think that, there's so many little things going on in the record with like the intros that people don't know about, you know what I mean? Like the intro, the the outro being the same, like spoiler alert, but not really, but like, like the interludes in the middle and like all this shit, the whole thing is meant to just go front to back. And I think that hearing those singles in that order and then hearing them in the opposite order, when you listen in the, in the, on the record, I think is cool. And I just think that like, it'll be really cool i think for people to hear them in context for the first time hopefully that like makes them go oh okay these motherfuckers are doing something you know (laughs) yeah uh but obviously this is like the record's out so i mean it's not too much of a spoiler but like yeah the intro and outro being the same like that was to me it was like it's uh doing the intro into dear god worked really well and then but it like, what made you choose to do what you like the song that you're using for the intro and outro? Because it feels really like, I don't know if this is like a bad term, but like churchy and like gospel. It is. That in sense, it is. Uh, it's actually a tradition. I didn't write it. I, it's a traditional church hymn um, called like "Abide with Me" or something, and it's all about like just trusting in God. Okay. I like the lyrics, and I, the lyrics in the intro are me changing the lyrics and you like i used lyrics in this like very like love god trust god him and i changed them to be like god doesn't care about us like we are at the mercy of a god who doesn't give a shit about us essentially mm-hmm. um to make them you know because in the inspiration behind all the religious kind of symbolism is like i said when my friend died i just remember he was an atheist and having this big catholic funeral and just i'm sitting there like it was it was crazy i was just like sitting there at the funeral just thinking like one this is the worst day of my life (laughs) and two like this isn't even him this wasn't even him and just me being just so angry at like the institution of religion for just overlooking who this person even was for the sake of tradition and it just bothered me and like i don't hate religion i don't hate god you know what i mean but it's more of like i was trying to make a statement of i was just trying to create a feeling like that feeling of being 
really apathetic towards religion and feeling like just a kind of a fuck you to the idea of religion mm-hmm. because you because of what you're going through I, that's kind of what i was trying to go for with that and at the end i don't use lyrics but i play the same hymn and it's just like all that guitar noise and i thought of that as almost like kind of inspired by uh jimmy hendrix's version of the star spangled banner where he plays it but he plays all the noise over top as a form of protest um and i thought of like adding all the guitar noise and just like drowning out the hymn was like a form of like like wordless protest against like the institutions of religion in a way Okay. And that's kind of the, the, the pretentious way I thought about it, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, I dig it. I, I like I love just like listening to people's songs and and just seeing what they're doing, and then like just finding out like why they wanted to do that in any way. Like I'm sure you're the same way with, especially with like your podcast, like how you also talk to other yeah. musicians. Like, and this is very interesting. And like, um, I got like not to hound you, but I got one more for you. Like for the interlude, yeah. Like what was the choice behind that to use i mean not just the song in general but to go from like adding all this the effects to it for like the about 75% of it 95% and then kind of just yeah. switching up i mean it like does like kind of throw you into like the next song and into the last yeah. half of the record but like i just thought the the effects on the whole song in general were very interesting and and kind of like a a bold move to do yeah, I, the reason I did that was because I think that the way I see the record is like four songs, like four legit songs that are all like five minutes each. Mm-hmm. And the first two are in the same, like Dear God and Narcissist are in the same key that I have the capo in the same spot. So and they, they I wrote them to go together. And then uh, the last two songs are not in the same tuning but they're in the same key of like e flat i think i don't know music theory but you know they're both in half step down um except well, well narcissist off duty is in open e flat and then the other one is just in standard e flat but they're both based around e flat um so they're those two the first two and then the last two main songs go together and so i thought of that as two halves and there's more major key stuff on the second half there's more minor key stuff on the first half so I split it up like that. And then the one in the middle, it being like a, a totally different feel, like effect, it kind of separates those two cleanly. Mm-hmm. And um, I recorded it. Uh, my buddy Tanner has a band called Young Adult Fiction, and he did an entire album on a like a handheld tape recorder. Oh, and it wow. has like that warbly tapey sound and i was interviewing his band on my podcast like because i really loved his record and i was like will you bring that over and record something for me and so like literally the guitar and the vocal on it's not your fault that middle song i did in one take together of like singing and playing and he recorded it with his tape recorder and then he played it into my computer on ableton and was like hitting the rewind and fast forward buttons like as it was playing into Ableton to like create a manual like warble effect. So all the warbling was him literally hitting buttons as it loaded into Ableton. Uh, and then I added like the keys, I added the synth and I added uh, 
the backing vocals and stuff after the fact. But yeah, the, it was like done like that because I wanted to split up the record into two like distinct halves. Right. No, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Like, just, I mean, I'm, I when I heard the warble effects, like the first time, I was like, "What's going on? Like, is something screwed up?" And then, like, you just yeah. kind of realize, like, "Oh no! Like, this is how it's supposed to be. That you're supposed to listen to it in this way." Yeah. Yeah, I think it throws people off a little bit, but you know, <laughs> but we do it differently live. Obviously, we don't like have a warble effect live. So when we do it live, it's different. And every uh, when we do Dear God, it's different too. Like the arrangement is a little different. Okay, so it's uh, it's fun. Like our live show is more of a rock show than like it. it we like, it hits a little bit harder, I think, than yeah. the record itself does. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's always. I feel like that happens a lot, and it's always a bummer that I can't see like all these bands that I talk to with their live performances because. Like, a lot of my friends, their stuff sounds good recorded, but doing it in a live setting just takes everything up so many more notches to see it in its full effect. Or, like, because I'm sure, like, there was things that you did in the recording process that were, like, when you perform, you probably, like, I saw your picture with your pedal board, you probably add a bunch more effects. Like, it it just sucks that I can't yeah. see everyone live. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to... Uh... I mean, I just accept it because I'm I'm such a maximalist when it comes to the recording process and like tons of layers, tons of fucking tracks. Um, it's impossible to really do it live the, the same way. So I try to do everything I can to like fill out the sound. Like I play through two guitar amps and you know things like that to like make it bigger sounding because I double quadruple track all the big guitars on the record so i try to like do what i can but at the end of the day you know you're they're still limited yeah i mean that's crazy it's still though playing through two amps just to get that extra sound oh yeah oh yeah i'll never <laughs> go back to one ever hopefully you're using a uh, small cabs and not like an eight by ten for whatever reason no i have two one by twelves okay good <laughs> Yeah, no, there's no reason for that. Maybe just, if I get Brody's one day. Right, just use like the giant ones for no fucking reason. Yeah, not even they're not even plugged in. Yeah, <laughs> just there. I, th I can't remember who it was there. It might have been Escape the Fate. Someone took a picture of like the back of their like big ones, and it was just like literally just like plywood. Like it was empty. It just like looked like there were speakers there. <laughs> there was like nothing actually fucking there. Oh my god, dude, that's hilarious. Of course, it would be Escape the Fate, dude. Right. Uh, uh, obviously i do want to uh to promote you do have even though the record's coming out in two weeks there is the record release show that's going to be in like february i saw february 12th yep okay uh who are you going to be playing with and if like where's it going to be at for anyone that can can make it out oh yeah it's going to be february 12th at the loving touch in ferndale um, we're playing with Pretoria from Grand Rapids, um, U-Rest, U-Joy Life. They're from the, this Ann Arbor, Detroit area-ish. I don't know exactly where they're from, but I think they're from like Metro Detroit. And then uh, Plans from Indiana. So it's it's going to be fun, dude. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, Tickets right. at audiotreepresents.com. <laughs> 
I'll have that in the bio and, and in the description below, so don't worry, people. You'll get your tickets. Wait. Um, are, are, are there plans to do, like, any mini runs or anything after that show? Yeah, we're actually doing one before, but I don't know. It's not, like, finalized yet, but we're trying to go the weekend before to Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Bowling Green. Uh, and then the 11th, the day before the show, we're trying to play in Grand Rapids. Um, and then starting in the spring, I think March, we're going to kind of chill. And then April will be a slow, but we'll play some shows. But, like, May, June, July, August, like, we're trying to, like, do a couple weekenders a month at least just and, and focus 2022 on playing as many shows away from Detroit as possible. Like right. only say yes to local shows. If it's like really big yeah. and worth it, you know, but like really just focus on expanding. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's kind of what you got to do is get out of your normal footprint and like hit those yeah. other communities to get your name out there. Like they stay in such a small area and they just expect to like get big that way. It just, it's just really yeah. hard to watch those bands just not go anywhere when they're so good. And yeah, a lot of people need to find them. You end up being a townie band, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and you can make a living depending on the market. Like you can make a living being like the bar band in your city. Um, but you just have to decide what you want to do. You know, right. is that what you want to do? Or do you want to like, if you want to tour the country, just fucking tour the country, dude. Like you don't have to wait for someone to offer it to you. You can just do it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I definitely miss being on the road. Uh, like being in a van with your best friends is like the best thing in the fucking world. Yeah, and then like I've day five hits. So <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually done it. Like I've only been on like single day, like, drive into ohio to play or something but i'm i mean dude i'm so excited though right it's, it's gonna be fun yeah i'm stoked for you it, it's it's always a good time um just everyone it, when you're in the van just kind of like every just remember everyone needs a little space every once in a while because that's like when the tension hits after like depending on how long uh, you're yeah. gonna go out so yeah yeah i mean i really think that doing the whole weekender thing is the ideal move until like i feel like you can get big enough to where you you're established and you start getting offered bigger tours by just doing weekenders oh yeah and just hitting a bunch of markets and like that's the whole point of going on tour when you're a band at this level is just is just to expand you don't have to be gone for a week you can do every other weekend and have the same effect i feel like yeah especially now i feel like with times like the the way things have changed it's a lot different than how it was maybe even like 10 years ago where you had to be out a little bit more than a weekend but like now i feel like yeah just doing weekend runs if you can hit like the right cities on the right times like you'll be golden yeah yeah and a lot of that too is just like we have a booking person who's like gonna book us shows and just sacrificing the money to just you know have that and be like hand it over to somebody who knows what they're doing and being like take whatever percentage you want you can have it and i'll thank you later you know right it's i don't want to worry about it i just want it to happen yeah you know no i feel you um so i mean you did hint at it earlier 
kind of getting it back in a little bit. You're working on the next record. When can yep. we expect that? Uh, I know we're two weeks from, as of right now, two weeks from the <laughs> release of your first record, but I don't want to get too far ahead. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to start recording it uh, really soon. Okay. Um, I don't want to wait very long. I waited, like, from the time I started writing this last one, like, three years. And I didn't have very many connections either at the time, and now it's like I know people. And, like, the, the producers that I work with, I think I can get right back in yeah. with them now. Because they, like, I don't know. They know that, like, working with me is, is I make it easy. I know what I want producer i don't really need a producer even like i just go in and like the producer when i'm there just has to be a sound engineer basically mm -hmm. you know like i'm gonna tell them exactly what i want i know exactly what i want to do you know so it's easy to do it um and i so i think i want to do it uh start start in january i would like and hopefully by the end of 2022 have the whole thing finished and um start shopping it around late 22 hopefully someone puts it out in 23 that's the goal yeah well i'm definitely stoked to, to see what this next uh record brings out of you because uh, i mean this yeah this one's so good and uh, the, you, i mean <laughs> you, you got to follow it up strong you know we're going to i already know <laughs> dude it's gonna be it's like i am so happy with what we're doing right now it's uh it's very pretty yeah. sounding. It's a lot of okay. really pretty like layers, more electronics, but still like a rock band, but really like a little bit more R and B influence. Like I've been listening to like Blonde by Frank Ocean a lot and like taking chords from that, taking more like like Sufjan Stevens type chords into it. Less moody, more pretty, kinda of going okay. in that direction tight uh, yeah well definitely ready for 2023 to to hear some of those jams uh yeah i mean we talked about the the singles we talked about the uh, diff few different elements throughout the the record itself um is there anything i might have missed that you want people to know about this record um well it took a long time <laughs> uh oh yeah you know i think the recording process was pretty interesting because i didn't do it normally because i had already had shit scheduled i already had the first two sessions on in the books like scheduled when my drummer quit mm -hmm. and so my the producer nick diener i messaged him and i was like hey dude can uh can I just take a partial refund and not do this because my drummer quit? I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to find another drummer. And uh, he's like, well, you should just come in. Worst case, we can hire a drummer, but you should come in and start tracking stuff. And I was like, all right. So I went in. The first thing we recorded was the main guitar track. Like, we figured out the metronome and shit, and we didn't record a scratch track. We recorded, like, the main guitar track. Wow. And yeah, for almost all the songs in those first two days. And then I found a drummer. And so then I went to this other guy, Tyler Floyd, who does a bunch of shit. 
Uh, like he does a bunch of awesome records. Like he, the worst party ever album that's coming out, Tyler did, and he just happens to like have a studio 15 minutes from my house. Um, but I did drums with him, and then so like we already had like the main guitar track was used as the scratch track for the drums. <laughs> like the, the the that guitar is on the record, and uh, and then everything else was just kind of haphazard. Like I didn't I didn't do it like the whole. You know, you book all, you book a week in a row or two weeks in a row and you just get it done. Like what I did was like, whenever I could afford it, and whenever I had time off, I would schedule like two days, and or a day, literally, and just go slowly piece it together. And I wrote a ton of the of the music, like I wrote a ton of the like the songs were written, the guitar, the drums, and the main vocal were written already. But every almost like everything else, like all the second guitar parts, all the layers, all the keys, were things that like, and I did this on purpose. Like I wanted to see what it would be, and I did it. I, they were written kind of that day, the day they were recorded. You know, like all the guitar harmonies, um, the guitar solo on "Romantic Egotist" was something I wrote in the studio with Tyler, and then I practiced it, and then I recorded it the next time I was with Nick. But I kind of wanted to just make part of the record about like whatever I was feeling at that time in my life because I, I knew I was recording the record over a long span of time because money and, and, and you know, and, and also a commitment to the idea of it's not going to be done until it's done. I'm not going to give myself a deadline. I'm going to do the best I can and it's done when it's done. So whatever I had after I left one session, I absorbed it for like, sometimes three, four months before going in again. And so I had those songs like completely internalized so that when I went in the next time, like subconsciously, like my mind kind of like knew what it wanted to add to those songs. And it, it a lot of shit just kind of came out naturally without me having to like really think about it beforehand. And so that's kind of like a fun little tidbit about this record that I don't think I'll ever, I don't know that I'll ever do another record like that because of the way it started and basically the way it started i'm like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna do this one just all over the place i'm just gonna keep throwing shit at the wall until all the boxes are checked and it's done yeah but now i have a band like i have other people to record their parts so it'll probably be a little bit more organized this time yeah for for this record from like start to finish how long did it actually take you studio wise Oh, I don't even know, dude. Uh, probably 12 sessions, 12 days, maybe. Of... Spanned out of, like, like how, like, month-wise was that? Probably over 18 months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, 25 minutes of music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's why it sounds so, like, thought out, and it sounds so, like, meticulously, like, I don't know. I think it's not, it's really, I don't think it works in any other order the same way that it works this way. And all the stuff that's in like all these little like clips from movies that are in there, like all like the, like the audio quotes from movies and like the, on narcissist, there's like these waves crashing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like literally that was, I was in Florida walking on the beach, listening to an earlier mix of that song on my headphones and I could hear the waves 
outside of my headphones with the song and i was like that sounds sick like right it, like it was one of those moments where it just it, it sounded perfect i was like whoa and so i took my phone out and just recorded the waves and i sent it to the producer and like told him where to put it and that's why those are there because it's like it literally i literally heard it for real and now every time i hear the song it's just like me trying to remember what it was actually like to hear the actual waves with yeah. the song yeah i but saw a you... lot of cool shit like that yeah I, I saw in your description when you posted about the the song today about how you yeah. like you like you did that whole process and i was like that's fucking amazing that you would one just be like by chance walking on the beach listening to that song and just realizing like oh no like this this works and then to find out like what's in the song is you just doing a phone recording and yeah spicing it in it's just a whole other element that i thought was sick i love that shit all the uh all like in, in dear god there's uh there's a clip from american beauty um, and then in not, not in romantic egotist, like in the bridge, the audio clip was James Dean in the movie Rebel Without a Cause. And whenever it's like, when, as soon as I hear those things, I just know I'm like, oh, okay, I got to use that. And so like, I, I just take my room mic and I put it up to my soundbar, my living room, and I record it into Ableton. And then I like try to EQ it a little bit, and then I just save it, and I know it's going somewhere. But the one in the romantic egotist it was another one of those just like fate was on my side things because i heard it and i was like this would be awesome for this session and so i recorded it and then i set it into the song and it was literally the perfect length immediately and oh, i nice. was like what the fuck <laughs> like i didn't chop it up i didn't like shorten it lengthen it. it it was just perfect in that spot and i was like what the fuck <laughs> like it was it was crazy i was so happy though i was like this is awesome like i love that when that shit happens because it's just like this is gonna make me sound like really smart but like i this was a total accident <laughs> you know <laughs> those moments are always like the best dude yeah like i i say this a lot but like music feels like something that like when I get complimented for the record, like I'm one, I'm appreciative, but I also almost feel like it's the same thing as like being at a show, someone else is playing and then someone goes, isn't this sweet? And I'm like, yeah. Cause it's like, I feel like I'm experiencing it too. Like, yeah, I, I wrote it quote unquote, but like, I don't know. It just like this one felt like it just kind of came to me yeah. in a lot of ways, especially because I did a lot so much of it. I didn't really write beforehand. And I just kind of went with whatever was coming in the moment. And it was just, so when I hear it, it's just like, it, it just feels like it's something that's happening to me rather than like something I really did a lot of, I mean, I know I did a lot of work for it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it just feels like this external thing that kind of like came through me and now it's out of me and now it's out there for everyone to enjoy. But like, I feel almost the same as someone who, didn't write it yeah. you know it was just admiring it like there there it is out in the world now it's like wow that thing that is cool but i did it it's weird it's, it's like a really surreal like hard to wrap my mind around it type of feeling I don't know. maybe i'll get used to it writing more records but it's it's really weird right now to be honest yeah no like i, I get what you're saying where it's like yeah you recorded and you yeah. did everything but what like it it's like you got lost in it, so it's not like it's you, but it's not you at the same time. 
yeah yeah it's it's weird it's like uh i don't know definitely not like a not the first person to think this but you know being a musician is just like kind of sometimes it's like you're a conduit you know to like a feeling or you know the the music kind of just happens to you it's like you know improv improvising or anything like that it just kind of like you have to kind of just let yourself go a little bit and open yourself up to whatever wants to come out and it's you know i don't think too hard about it like there could very well be either i'm open to either a supernatural element to it or it being entirely subconscious like physical mental processes i'm open to both sides i don't really give a shit either way my experience of it is the same yeah. and my experience is it is it feels like i don't know where it's coming from a lot of times you know yeah well uh, i mean it came out great uh whoever did it uh <laughs> yeah. in quotations um but i like i truly do love this whole record it's it's so good um and I, I really hope everyone else loves it just as much when it fully comes out. Well, technically, it's already out at this at the day everyone's listening to this. Uh, but it's it's so good, dude. You you killed it. Thanks. Should tell your buddy Tyler because I tried to get him to drive out and play our release show, <laughs> but uh, I don't think he knows. I didn't want to be like, "Hey, dude, trust me. My band's really good." <laughs> All right, you I'll know, send it his so way. <laughs> Yeah, let him know because I like his band a lot. I was like, I just want other people whose bands I like to hear it because I want to play with them. Right. You know. Yeah. I want the bands I respect to like my music too, so that we can all be friends. You know what I mean? Well, Tyler, if you're listening, uh, I don't know if you listen to my podcast, but like, <laughs> you're missing out if you don't listen to to In a Daydream. All I'm saying. <laughs> Word. Everybody, take heed of that, dude. <laughs> Uh, before we transition to like the last half of this last half of the episode, uh, I do want to make a point. We did kind of mention it a little bit, uh, Brian, you do host uh, a podcast called invite the neighbors DIY podcast, where you've mm-hmm. also talked to different musicians, um, on a local level throughout the, the country. Um, for people that haven't listened to, uh, are looking for another podcast to listen to definitely go check it out. Um, you have some great episodes with some amazing people on there uh like the fact yeah. you talked to ben from you me and everyone know like that oh, was my dude that was a fucking life altering <laughs> moment that was my he was my first concert that i ever went to and like really he'll always, yeah he'll always hold a special place in my heart and i i'm so jealous that you got to to hang out with him twice now dude it was crazy yeah like the weird like the first time was definitely awesome but the second time was even better because, like, he asked me, like, or not him directly, but, like, you, me, when everyone knows uh, the publicist they were working with, like, reached out to me to do it. And I was like, yeah. Of course. Me? He, can, he can move into my house. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. It's fine. Let's do it. And then it's just, it was such a weird feeling knowing that, like, I had to end the conversation because Ben would have kept talking. <laughs> like, the second episode we did was, like, two and a half hours, and, like, we would have kept talking. I'm like, dude, I gotta go, man. <laughs> That's when you rope him in for a third one. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I'll have him back at some point. He's always, he said he's always down, I believe him, too. He's such, yeah. like, a genuine, genuine guy. Um, but, yeah, for, like, I... I 
I mentioned uh, a little bit uh, in the past, like a couple weeks, depending on your time frame for people listening. Uh, I am going on not hiatus or vacation. I don't know what the right term is, but I'm taking January and possibly February off. So this is definitely another podcast to check out. Um, I don't listen to a lot of other po- people's podcasts because I feel like weird and I don't want to like steal shit from them. And it's just like this whole thing. But like I listen yeah. to yours, like I mentioned, I listened to yours with with a uh, with T Stodge from uh, Stars Hollow, and like I genuinely enjoyed listening to your podcast because it didn't feel kind of like how you mentioned like where people just aren't really interested in like the yeah. person is just like hey i'm gonna ask you this question and then we're gonna you're gonna answer it and then i'm gonna ask another question and we're just gonna keep going <laughs> yeah. through that like i fucking hate that shit that's why i started this dude yeah it's terrible it's terrible dude it's like i if i was doing that i would feel it too much oh yeah and it would suck for me i don't even like selfishly i can't do that you know <laughs> But and I didn't know if I was gonna be like good at podcasting or not. And technically, I'm not great at. I mean, I'm good at hosting, but I'm not good at marketing, dude. Like, I've been really lazy about it, and like the podcast has not grown in like two years. <laughs> you know, like it, like in terms of we don't really do numbers, but the people who like it really like it, and I'm happy yeah. about that. And it's more of like a connection tool for me, anyway. So like, even if it never grows, I'm making connection after connection after connection off that thing so i don't even give a shit dude right like at the end of the day it's fun i meet new people sometimes i'll go to a show and people recognize me and that always feels insane like the moment someone uses your full name (laughs) to you i'm just like dude just yeah yeah call me brian dude weird (laughs) you know dude i went to so I, I've since I moved to Minneapolis, I've had some like met some people and like had them be on the podcast, and I'll like go to their show, and we'll all be drinking, and they'll be like, "Oh, dude, this is Michael. He he runs that Beers with Pants podcast. You should be on that." And I'm just sitting there like, "Dude, I'm just like try like yeah, like this is a cool time to network, but I'm just trying to like catch this set real quick. Like, can we yeah. talk like in twenty minutes or something?" Dude, yeah, that are like people. It's it's a weird sort of like mixed emotions because it happens even more like when i play shows like on one hand it's really awesome because there's always like a lot of positive feedback but sometimes people get so excited that they come up to you like i have like two amps two pedal boards like all this two guitars like all this shit i'm trying to tear down and people want to just like immediately start talking to you and i'm just like this is crazy this is awesome like that i want to talk to people but i also want to get the fuck off stage right <laughs> you know and it's like hey dude i hate doing it but i'll be like can i can't can i have like five ten minutes yeah and then they never come talk to me after that <laughs> right like that's yeah because you're always yeah, trying to get like off the wanna... stage because like there's depending where you're at in the bill like there's bands yeah. after you it's like they're waiting to get on too so like yeah. no yeah we just played this one show at a played this house show in Ann Arbor. It was like a college party. It was weird because I'm 30 years old and I was playing a college party or whatever. I was invited. We got in and got out. But uh, there was a band that was playing after us. And there wasn't a stage. It was just a basement. And it was full. It was like fucking Animal House. It was crazy. But, like, there was nowhere to go. There was, like, 
two feet between us and the people. And then after our set, people didn't leave. They were just waiting for the next band. And the next band just starts walking into the area. Like, and I was like, hey, dude, can we have like 10 minutes? And he was like, yeah. And the, but he didn't get what I was asking. I'm not like, can we get 10 minutes without you being here? Right. Like, get off. And I think he thought I meant like, hey, it'll just take us 10 minutes and then you guys can start. I'm like, no, dude, we need time. But they just like stood there. So if you're a band, don't do that. <laughs> wait, just yeah. wait. It's going to be easier for everybody. It's, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, how do you not know what you're doing right now? But <laughs> they were nice. They were really nice, but I don't know. It, it, was, it was just weird. Yeah. How many episodes are you up to now? Uh, just put out 133 with Arcadia Girl. Wow. Well, congratulations uh, for, for getting to that number. I think Thank you. I think yours is 67 or 68 for me. Um, so, like, oh, nice. uh, I'm trekking. I'm a little bit behind, but I'll get there. Yeah. I've been taking it slow, dude. I realized sometime during the pandemic that, like, I don't have to do one every week. It doesn't matter. It was growing more when I was doing them every week, but... I don't know. This the record has kind of consumed me. Like once the like the promotion aspect of the record dies down, I might jump into doing the podcast more heavily. Yeah. But it's I, I found that I've to maintain longevity, it being not the only thing I do, I have to like take take breaks and and, and chill yeah. for a while. That's kinda why like so I'm recording yours today and then I'm recording another one in two weeks uh and then i'm taking like january and possibly february off because i've like i got into for the first couple years i was very sporadic and then literally like march hit of 2021 and i've put out an episode like every single week and it just drains the fuck out of you yeah it really does it's like i'm not saying like it's the hardest thing in the world or like oh people just don't understand but I, I would never have thought about all the work that goes into it, you know? Right. It, it's just tedious. It's not even, like, hard. It's just tedious. Like, once the episode is done, it's not, like, like once we're done talking, there's more to do. you got to upload it. you got to arrange the, the WordPress or whatever it is, wherever you host it. You have to, like, type in the description. you got to find yeah. the links and you know, all this shit. It's just, like, mindless busy work that when you're doing it repetitiously it's just like really draining oh yeah you know? so but uh but yeah like i mentioned go check out his podcast i'll have a link for that also because uh, it's super good you have some great artists on there that you've done um now as we get into like the later half of the episode this is obviously beers with bands i did see you drinking something tonight uh what have you been drinking on my friend oh dude there's a miller light out of one of those like bullet cans <laughs> uh i you know normally i'm not a miller light guy i normally i mean i normally don't really drink that much i don't i don't get drunk really but i'll have like a craft beer i like i'm drawn to dark beers except in the winter time especially oh yeah like i like porters which is ironic because my last name is porter um but the Miller Lights I had in my fridge, I went to a Lions game like three weeks ago, tailgated, like with my family, and then my cousin left those beers in my car. So I, 
I have like two left, so I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna go get more. I'm just gonna drink these. Right. I mean, they're already there. They're free. You know? Yeah, they're already there. Part of it. Uh, and listeners are probably ready for this, but I'm gonna mix it up because I started with uh, a nice Modelo, but now I have been drinking PBRs again. So, you know, nice. It's how I do. Nice, dude. Yeah, PBRs don't. They only give out one blue ribbon, dude. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't forget no it. No red ribbon, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we are in the, the later, the last half of these episodes where uh, I just kind of have my guests talk about um, some fun. Obviously, you haven't done tours, but you've done like kind of dayers, um, and you've played uh, a lot of shows, it sounds like. What have been some crazy stories from your time in music? And they can be tremendous, oh. horrendous, or any other adjective you want to add in there. Yeah. Ooh, let me think. Um, well, I mean, I've definitely played some shit where it was like what am i doing here like there was a tuesday show at like this warehouse it, it looked like an auto like a really big auto repair shop that was completely gutted out and empty and then on one end of this massive space there's like this huge stage comically like large sound system and on the other end, there's, like, some couches. Like, on the other end of the building, there's, like, some couches and, like, like a Super Nintendo. It's, like, this multimedia art space. And I played there on a Tuesday night with two other bands, and no one came except for the other bands. But we still all mic'd our amps and shit and played <laughs> through this hilarious sound system. And it was fun, actually. I was like, all right, I mean, I'm here, you know. Right. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I I played a lot of basements. You know, definitely my fair share of basements. Uh, and it's not that I wouldn't do it again. I mean, like I just I just played a basement U of M, but uh, it's I'm I'm really quite sick of it. Like I, I once you get used to playing on like a sound system, like a legit one, it's like all I want to do. I don't really want to go backwards. Yeah. Like, if it's a big show, I'll do it. Or if it's, like, a, you know, if it sounds like something that'd be really fun or, like, really good for us, we'll do it. But, like, it's just way better. I'm more in a quality over quantity mindset where I'd rather try to just jump on some big shows if possible. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, not a whole – I mean, we played some shows that we had no business being on, for sure. Like, uh back when there's this band equipment they put out their EP Madrigal we played the release show at the Summit Shack in Ohio because basically because of the podcast um, it just so happened that I was around to put out my 50th episode I interviewed Trey and Connor from at the time American Spirits uh, and those are the guys who like run the Summit Shack this venue in Ohio and I was you know I hit it off with them. They're cool guys. So I was like, hey, I got this 50th episode. I'd really love to do a type of thing where I do an episode at a show, like a big show, and then I play the show too. And it just worked out. The equipment EP release was coming up, and it was a crazy bill. I mean, it's like Origami Angel, Equipment, Us. Like, I was like, well, what are we doing here? You know? <laughs> uh, that We were a two-piece. Like, the record wasn't even finished. It was oh, like wow. halfway done. You know, 
and I mean, full fucking mouth, you know, it was, it was crazy. Um, but we didn't have anything to give anybody, you know, so we didn't really get like a bump. We didn't really move the needle with it, but we played it, you know. Yeah. It's on it's on the list of shows I've done for sure. Oh yeah, we we supported Origami <laughs> Angel. <laughs> the clout. I mean we did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh I don't like anything. It's cool. Uh but yeah, I mean other than that, dude, like we haven't really had any bad things happen yet. Thank God. Yeah, that's like, always it's always good. Yeah. Usually though, like I'll hear some crazy shit. Like, this band Gil from Florida, like, they were on this podcast. Like, that's a good episode to do with. Someone to go listen to my podcast is the one with Gil because they're straight up, like, a haunted band. Like, they kept, like, acquiring, like, these haunted relics on their tour. Like, these little objects that, like, turned out to be, like, and just bad things kept happening to them. Jeez. And it's, like, they just have to be haunted. Like, I think they're okay, but... That's a really funny episode to me. Um, yeah, the craziest thing is just all these people I've met from the podcast and just getting recognized and, oh, having to drop a band, so I'm not going to name them. I'm not going to get into it because, you know, but uh, just, uh, well, sometimes you get told information and you have to just, you can't risk anything. Right. No, that's, I mean, especially in today's day and age, like, like I'm as much as Twitter is like a cesspool half the time with DIY Twitter, like I keep an eye on it just to see who like I need to make sure I don't associate with. Cause like I'm, while I'm trying to like do this podcast and build my brand, I don't want their brand to bring me down. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like I, it's like one of those things where it's like, I have no idea what's true and what's not true, but like, unfortunately, I'm not. This isn't the hill I'm going to die on. That's for sure. Exactly. You know. So I'm not going to fucking roll the dice on my future by, you know, hitching my hitching my wagon to something that is the wrong thing. Yeah. I literally, I just want to play music, dude. That's (laughs) like, we're none of. I love my band because none of them are assholes. Like, I was very careful about, like, only offering to people, not that I know a bunch of assholes that I didn't offer, but, like, I was particular about, like, the guys in my band right now, these are the guys that I really want to play with. Like, there's no one, and I, you know, naturally, I know, like, everybody in the local band scene, uh, at least peripherally, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I can't think of anybody else that like i really want more than the guys i have you know and that's because i have friends with them um and they're good musicians and we all have like similar values but we can also joke around it's not like so stiff that we can't say inappropriate shit in the band chat you know what i mean like we we have a good time but it's all in good fun and there's nothing like offensive you know what i mean like no one's doing anything like problematic quote unquote it's just all guys who just want to fucking play music be good people and just stay out of the mud yeah you know it's how that's so hard for some people i don't get it dude i have no idea (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't get it. Um, well, I'm I'm stoked to see what uh, you do next with uh, uh, these new members. Um, I keep wanting to say like the record sounds great and like all that like it does sound great, but like they're not on it, so I'm stoked to see what they do and can bring to the table. Oh, for the next one. yeah, um, yeah. Jury's still out on those guys. <laughs> uh, so as we wind down fully on this episode, um, and before I let. Uh, uh, Brian take off for the night I usually ask everyone lately um, it's it can be a one-parter or two-parter depending on how you look at it but um, what do you think has been so far in the progression in the life of in a daydream your highest moment or what is something that you are looking forward to most with the progression of in a daydream yeah definitely the first first part like um, the, I think the highest part was when I got the stereo gum speaker for the first single but not just that it was like the like my friend who passed away like they printed his name in the because I mean it was I, I wrote who it was dedicated to and like seeing that in, in print in like a major publication was like holy fuck you know what I mean I was just like that is like that that was just like the definitely the highest point so far in terms of just like full circle like life moments and then uh, I mean in terms of where I want to go I mean like the progression like I really think that uh, you know we're not like technically the best musicians of all time you know like i'm not like a technically like super great guitar player but i think that stylistically we're kind of in our own category in terms of the emo scene there's not really people i i would like to see bands that try to do what we do yeah and i would like to see another wave of emo that is more like us um I'm trying to, I'm, it's pretentious, I guess, but like, I, I want to advance the genre. Like I want to be one of those people who people look back at in 10 years and say they were one of the first ones to do, to usher in this new thing that a lot of people are trying to do now where like it's blending all these different styles, all these dynamics and all, you know, like one song doesn't tell you what the band is you have to hear everything on the record to really know what they're doing with that record and like i want and that like i said before like that's the type of music i want to hear and so if if i could look back in 10 years and like realize that this was the starting point of a lot of other people trying to do that too i would feel really really fulfilled by that i think yeah well only because you brought it up, I now have a part three to that question. Um, yeah. Since you're wanting bands to, in the future, possibly sound like you, obviously we have Fifth Wave Emo, we have Midwest Emo. What would your classification, what would that next wave be called? Oh, that's actually funny. Because our, uh... <laughs> I, I was trying to like think of something funny to call us on Twitter. And... Uh... At first, I was like, all right, well, everyone seems to think that we're in the fifth wave. So 
my cocky mind thinking, well, we're already on the next thing. Um, because I think we are personally, like in terms of like the variety and the, the inability to really classify us. Like, I think that we're doing the next thing already, but so I, I originally was playing around with sixth wave emo just to be a dick. Yeah. And, uh, but then I thought it was funny to go Sith wave emo, just like, <laughs> like the Sith from Star Wars. So that's our Twitter name. It's at In a Daydream USA, but our name is Sith wave emo. And, uh, because I also hate classifying waves in general. I think it's the dorkiest shit of all time. Um, like, just make the music. Because it, it limits you. If you think that, like, oh, well, we're a fifth wave emo band. It's like, you know, it's like you think you need to do, you become like a historian of it. And you're, you're not even thinking about making the music you want to make. You're just, like, trying to exist in a particular scene. Whereas the Sith is just there to blow everything up. <laughs> and just create a new world order <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so i think that's kind of fucking hilarious and if that caught on i would be so happy <laughs> yeah well i fucking love it i hope everyone joins sith wave emo uh and just blows <laughs> that shit up yeah <laughs> um i do want to thank you one more time for for re- one reaching out because it does mean a lot when anyone reaches out to want to be on an episode uh but like Jams are killer. I'm stoked for what you guys are doing. I'm stoked for everything coming up. Um, if anyone is looking for merch, music, or you guys in general, where can they find it? Bandcamp. Uh, inadaydream.bandcamp.com for record um, if you want to actually pay for it. Um, at inadaydreamusa on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook. IAD Rock. Facebook.com slash IAD Rock. Um, Instagram is the main one. I've been trying to get on Twitter more. I must fucking hate it. Uh, but yeah, come to a show. You know, yeah. if you're in Detroit or in Ohio, or, you know, we're going to be coming all over the place. Wow, oh, she said, oh, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're going to we're gonna play a lot of different shows. You don't have to edit that out. That's fucking. <laughs> no, I'll, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it for sure. Uh, so, yeah, everyone go give them a follow. Keep an eye on them. Uh, jam the record if you haven't already. And if you're in that not Detroit, Detroit area, go to the show in February because it's a stacked lineup. It's going to be killer. Mm. I mean, you get to see this whole record full band and see what they do differently. Um, and, I mean,. Just uh, like I normally say, oh, I kind of mentioned, like I normally say, uh, if you or anyone you know should be on an episode of Beers with Bands, feel free to reach out. I'm always down to have new people. Um, I will be taking January, possibly February off. February I might start recording episodes uh, to put them out in March, but still hit me up and we'll still set up a date. Um, thank you to Brian. If you ha- Do you have any last words before we fully take off? No, I think I'm good. I mean, just listen to the record, please. Please tell me, hit me up. I'm not one of those people who's like, uh, you know, too cool for school. Like, if, if you want to talk to me or about the record, if you like it, shoot me a message. I check that shit on Instagram, you know. I, I like talking about it. So if anybody listens and they want to, like, ask a question or just talk about it or just talk music, hit me up. I like doing that. Oh, yeah. Well, go do that. Go listen to the record. Let them know if you have any questions um, or let them know if you relate. Who knows? Um, other than that, I will catch everyone on the next episode. 
and see ya. My love